The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Through a mix of solo and interview episodes, I want to showcase all the different ways the spirit world helps guide our daily lives, whether it's through intuition, signs, mediumship, channeling, the mystical, or the paranormal. Our altruistic spirit guides and other members of our loving soul team are always there, ready, able, and willing to guide us. Welcome to another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. I am your host, Laura West, and I have with me today, Susan Burrell. Susan is the author of Live Your Empowered Life, a 30-day journey book, and she has a podcast called Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell that can be found on all the major platforms. She is a former actress who has navigated life by learning how to listen within to the divine urge that keeps pointing her in the direction of her life's purpose. Hello, Susan. Thank you so much for being here today. Hello, Laura. I'm curious as to how this conversation is going to be guided. It should be interesting. Me too. Yes, I know. Spirit always has their own, for lack of a better word, agenda. So we'll see where it goes. But to help get the conversation started, I first wanted to ask you, Susan, how has Spirit guided your life? Oh, from the beginning, Spirit has guided my life as Spirit guides every single human being on the planet from the beginning. It's just a matter of when did I really actually start paying attention and listening, right? Right. And that started probably in my late teens, early 20s, when I really felt I needed to go on a spiritual quest. I read tons of things, all books metaphysical, studied Eastern philosophies, studied with a medicine woman and a shaman, and then expanded into different kinds of modality healing, like sound healing, which was phenomenal. And that's been the rest of my entire life. And what I notice is when I am not, <laughs> I'm sure everybody out there has had this happen before, right? But when I'm not paying attention, I literally get smacked. I mean, <laughs> smacked. So I've learned that I'd rather pay attention and listen deeply than get smacked around. Currently, I don't know about you, Laura, but I've been investigating the divine feminine for the last few years because that energy is, well, it's not new, but it is making a comeback. How's that? It's coming back into authority. I wanted to say control. That's not true because we all have free choice, hence the smackdown at times. But the divine feminine has been downloading, along with other spiritual entities, downloading light codes and new ideas. And if we are not in preparation of receiving that, life gets really wonky for many people. And then it looks like what it looks like currently in the outer world with fighting and killing and wars and blah, 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 blah. So the divine feminine basically is taking over in my opinion, because it is time to align within ourselves 
and this goes back to listening, listening to spirit, listening to your higher source energy, which I absolutely believe and know is a high frequency of love. And so the divine feminine is coming down in these higher frequencies and opening up blockages within our mental, emotional, and physical bodies. So it can look and feel chaotic. It can be like a huge relief. Thank God they're listening. It's important to pay attention to because this is a new alignment. Well, like myself, I've been, since the beginning of 2024, I've been a little wonky, been a little spinny, dizzy, nauseous. My understanding is that is part of the upgrading into higher dimensions because of the frequencies that we're being downloaded with. And I have been so diligent in working towards being a clear vessel. I heard years ago within myself during a meditation, you are a conduit for spirit. So I committed to that. I gave myself fully to that. I am a conduit for spirit. And part of being a conduit is gathering others to align within their spiritual self and listen to their spiritual guidance. And so when lockdown happened, whenever that was, now I forget, 2020, I was doing daily guided meditations that I put on Insight Timer to help support not only myself, but others in how do we get through this lockdown pandemic sure, thing. Yeah. I have lots of other choice words about that, but I won't use them. <laughs> so when I was in meditation, I was asking, what is mine to do this time? And I heard very clearly, activate the light. And I thought, well, what does that mean? And so I listened more deeply and I heard, activate light leaders. So that's my new mission for the second half of my life is to activate light leaders. I have not a lot of idea what that means to do that. But what I do know is that it's about leading the current light workers who committed to be here on planet Earth at this particular time as the divine feminine is really moving us into the age of Aquarius, which we'd all been waiting for since the fifth dimension. Hello, the fifth dimension singing group saying about the age of Aquarius. And we're moving and aligning with the fifth dimension which is kind of kooky. It's a very sci-fi melodrama in a way. A light leader, for me, expands what the current work is that you do as a light worker. Because lots of times people are doing light work stuff, but it's only within their small sphere. Maybe it doesn't even leave their body. Or if you're a Reiki master or a massage therapist, you're doing light work, but what else can you do? What else can you be? And so being a light leader means you have to really be it. And you don't just get to do it when you're doing hands-on healing and I'm now I'm doing a Reiki light worker thing or when you're doing prayer work or meditation. It is about really fully embodying that light with an open, compassionate heart, deep listening, constantly going within and doing your inner work clearing whatever blockages or gooby goobies you picked up during the day, mental belief systems that maybe were yours, or maybe they're your ancestors, or maybe it was a passerby in the grocery store that just dropped their, I call them drive-bys in the grocery store. They just drop their energy crap on you and you don't even know. You don't even know until you get home and you're like, why do I not feel right? So a light leader is, as we focus on that more, my intention is to make a larger difference by paving the way into this new paradigm we're entering with the divine feminine, the agreement we made to be here as the divine feminine 
begins to grow us more than it did eons ago when it was the leading primary energy system on the planet. And it's also this time around about, in my opinion, moving from duality, me, mine, yours, them, us, anger, hate, love. There's no more options. That's a human construct, duality. So the divine feminine is here to actually clear, and it's kind of brutal. Kali in the Hindu belief systems was the goddess of destruction, but she was the goddess of rebirth as well. So we're watching this happen on planet Earth in so many places around the Earth. So the divine feminine is clearing a lot so that we can be more consciously aware of how we want to move forward as a humanity. And it's not in anger and fear and duality. It is about connecting in love in consciousness with each other and building a new community where we collaborate and create together what the next epoch of life is going to be and look like. sounds like a big job. It sounds kind of daunting, but there's so many of us that chose to be here and we decided not to leave during pandemic. We still are sticking around, right? So it's because this is the mission. This is what we all signed up for. So that's kind of my spiritual journey and my spiritual progress. And my focus now is to just be the light, be a high gradient of love and help develop whatever this new paradigm is and how are we going to leave. It's not about taking from others. It's about giving giving in a full circle. And I just got a whole energy hit right now as I said that. Because at some point, we thought or learned or we were taught that in order to survive, we have to take. And in America, we got that from the Western expansion. Take, 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 take. And so many other, same all over the world. Even in smaller communities, smaller countries, there was still this take because it's an old masculine paradigm of I have to protect mine. So I have to make sure everybody else dies and I get all the toys. And that just doesn't work anymore. And we're watching it imploding. So what does that look like in an individual light worker's life or practice or however you want to say it to go from a light worker to a light leader? I know you mentioned collaborating more, but what does that look like that step from light worker to light leader on more of an individual level? Well, first of all, mother used to say, you're always so serious, Susan. Stop being so serious. Why don't you ditch class and have fun? And I'm like, what do you mean? There's work to be done. So it doesn't mean you can't have fun, but it means being committed to your ongoing soul growth. And that's the only reason why we're here, Laura, on planet Earth, is to grow our soul. Because before we came in, we came up with a lesson plan for lack of a better descriptor, that said, I will do this and I will be that and different people are going to interact with me so I can learn my lesson. I haven't enjoyed learning my lesson this time, (laughs) (laughs) but now I see the fruits of all that labor. So ongoing soul growth, being willing to continue to grow in spite of whatever the human experience is. And then always coming back to your heart center, where I really believe the wisdom of spirit lives, the divine wisdom and the divine spark that we all are, that divine light. And then keeping that light strong within us. And to me, that takes daily connection. That takes time to sit down and connect, whether you journal or meditate 
or walk in nature or whatever it is, but it means really intentionally saying, I'm doing this so I can connect with my soul's truth, so that I can connect with the highest vibration of love, so that I can clear blockages. That's a big one because like I mentioned earlier, whether it's yours or someone else's, we always have these blockages that come up and they stop us from shining our light. If we believe that we aren't good enough, that we aren't worthy, then that light diminishes and diminishes. So it's about learning that. I journal, I meditate, I walk, I take classes, I teach classes, I lead guided meditations for others, but it is always constantly returning to yourself, returning to self-love. And many people, especially I think women, have never really Actually, doesn't matter where you were born, how you grew up, we were not taught how to love and nurture ourselves. And so the divine feminine is coming in to wake us up. Doesn't matter what your whiny story is that your grandmother's grandmother's grandmother told you about. What matters is to love yourself now and love yourself more than you ever have. And that's been my life experience. I've had to learn how to love myself when I didn't, and I didn't even know I didn't love myself. And then learning how to respect myself. Self-respect is huge. So that to me is part of how you continue to expand as a light worker. Now, not everybody's going to want to move into leadership. But I personally think it's an exciting time to explore it because there's this new paradigm being birthed and nobody knows how it's humanity, how we're going to co-create and lead because the old way of leading doesn't work, didn't work, maybe worked for a little while, maybe in the oh, BCs before <laughs> everything, BC thing. That's a long but, time ago. <laughs> right. It doesn't work now. And we're witnessing how it really doesn't work. So that's my suggestion. And I find journaling is really helpful because if you do it with the intention to get the garbage out of your head, really get that garbage out. The thing you think is the worst, horrible, awful secret that you have, nobody should know about. But journaling all that out, and then at the end, you close the book. You don't go back and reread how brilliant you were as journaling your crap out. You just journal it out to get it out because then you have a clean palette. You can co-create many amazing artists create on multiple layers of paint or collage, and they're beautiful. But in order to come into this next iteration of expansion and meeting your potential, I think it's important to have a clean slate. So clearing that garbage out, what'll happen at least in my experience, is little fear boogers are going to show up. Those little guys that want to Nino, 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 you. So your greatest fears will show up. And as you peel that off, as you heal that, then another fear will show up or another I'm not good enough belief system. So it's really about being consciously aware of clearing the garbage, the blocks, the belief systems, the fear. And I don't know about you guys, but man, well, first of all, I stopped looking at the news a long time ago. But when I do, or somebody wants to talk to me about, oh, did you hear about what happened with a bit, 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 bit? I'm like, oh my God. And then the fear grabs me. And when fear grabs you, it's just trying to keep you from being the light that you are. And it's self inflicted. That fear is self inflicted. Our anxiety is self inflicted. So becoming clean enough or clear enough that you can witness when, okay, this is just me having anxiety about something I can't control. 
just me having issues and I'm a little afraid because I listen to my neighbor talk about the catastrophe that's happening next door, whatever. So clearing all that stuff, I think it's really important. And then having compassion for yourself first, loving yourself first, having compassion for yourself first, respecting yourself first, that kind of stuff. Did that answer your question? (laughs) Yeah, it did above and beyond. So thank you. And it does sound like a lot of that has to do with becoming empowered. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. So I wanted to tie this in and talk to you about your book, Live Your Empowered Life, a 30-day journey book. Can you talk about that for us, please? Yeah, actually, it's what I was just describing of clearing everything. And it's a journey because life is just a journey. Hello. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do affirmations. And so I was going through a really contentious divorce. I'm going to keep this short. Uh, Really contentious divorce. Thought I was going to die in divorce. Did not, and that's when I woke up to the truth that I didn't love myself, I didn't like myself, all that. And I knew I wanted to come out healthy, happy, and whole. I wanted to be free, I wanted to love myself more than I ever had, all that stuff. So that's when I really did another deep dive into meditation, more journaling just to get the garbage out, and guided meditations that I created while I was going through that divorce process. I also wrote affirmations, which I put into little inspiration cards. All the affirmations are peppered through the book. So the book is created as a journey where you start by journaling about your life. Keep it short and simple. Don't whine about it. But what'll happen is, like I said earlier, then things that you're afraid of or blockages will show up. And then there's a process in the book to work through those blockages. We riff on the word empower. During the process, you interact with my website. So there's guided meditations at certain points of the book to help you get through a hurdle or help you build boundaries. Halfway through, we start looking at what is your life purpose again. I think lots of people know what their life, well, hopefully they do. I don't know. Maybe they don't. But recentering into that life purpose, and there's an exercise for that. There's walking a labyrinth. And when I was riffing on the word empower as I was teaching students, and then when I decided to write this book, I came to the second E, which when I was meditating, I was like, okay, so what's the second E? Because the first E is esteem. So what's the second E in empower? And I heard very clearly emancipate. Now, this was a few years ago, but when that word came up, that's a powerful word. There's connotations to that word that are specific to certain people, and it is a trigger word. So I leaned more into what does emancipate mean for me. As I was leaning into it, I began to feel these, (laughs) sorry, everybody, these shackles around my ankles. And I had completed my divorce, but I still was shackled to that previous relationship somehow that I didn't know. And so I developed a guided meditation to help, for me, untether myself from those shackles. 
therefore to be free, because that was one of my key words, freedom. I wanted more freedom. So I had to open up those shackles and get rid of them. That's kind of what the book's about. It's definitely a workbook. When it first came out, I sent it to some very dear college friends. And this one who's just so sweet and so kind and so loving, her life has been challenging. And she opened it up. She was so excited to read my book. And within three pages, I'm asking everybody to do exercises. She's like, I can't do this. I can't can't do this. I just can't. And I said, that's okay. She may not be this lifetime. That doesn't mean that she's not doing amazing light work. She is. But there's certain aspects that would not serve her to investigate. It is a journey of awakening and grounding. So it sounds like perhaps you continue the conversations with your podcast. Oh, yeah. Because I was so disconnected to self. And we started this with when did I start my spiritual quest? And how do I listen? And when do I listen? And all that. I was so disconnected. I had gotten a master's, a four-year accredited program, a master's in consciousness. I thought I knew who I was. That's where I heard you are a conduit for spirit. I thought I knew who I was. But as I started through divorce, I didn't know cockadoo about me. So it really was another level of like the phoenix rising because that's one of my totems. I'm a Scorpio and the phoenix is prominent in that. Oh, I'm a Scorpio too. Oh, well, hello. <laughs> then you know. This was a reignition of the next level of this life and everything had to burn up and fall apart so that I could be renewed in a new way that was for my soul growth and so that I could be more expansive. And on my podcast, Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell, I have a yearly theme. 2023 was be expansive. And then there's subsets under each for every month. So 2024, when I was leaning into it and meditating, I kept hearing potential, potential. So we've just gone through a year of encouraging people to be expansive in how they live their life and how they think about things and how they treat themselves. Well, now I am calling light leaders, myself included, into full potential. And the subsets for 2024, January is about bravery. February is eternal. March is potential. We go into being observant, talented, elevated, noble, tenacious, innovative, and legendary. These are the words that inform me in terms of how I want to live my life, how the people that work with me choose to live their lives, because this came out of my team. It was a collaborative effort. So anyway, 2024 is be potential with bravery kicking it off in January. Oh, that's really cool. I like how you did that. It makes it easy to remember. Yes. So it all spells out be potential. Also helps me when I'm having conversations with authors or guests to make sure that there's a theme that happens so that it has more meaning for the listeners. Yeah. So from like a host's perspective too, it's helpful as well. That's great. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned several times already during meditations, you heard this or heard that. Who's passing these messages on to you? Well, Laura, who do you think? (laughs) (laughs) I have lots of thoughts. (laughs) I know. I'm not a medium or a psychic, although I'm highly intuitive. But the way I access source is by aligning with a high frequency of love. And during that process, I open a woman I interviewed a couple years ago. Her name is Dr. Tracy Johnson, does this heart thing. And she told me, ask your heart what its name is. Well, 
when I did that, my heart center is Sophia. Now, for those of you who don't know, Sophia is the ancient Greek, I think, word for ancient wisdom. Oftentimes when I'm in meditation, I'll just go into my heart, feel it open. I always open it with love, always love. And then I say, Sophia, ancient wisdom of my heart, I'm listening. Not tell me what to do, because that's a little bossy, right? I've always been bossy, but I'm listening. So then there's a more receptive way of being. And then oftentimes I'll hear messages, but sometimes it's just in a conversation. Often during when I'm just meditating, stuff comes in, hence journaling, so I can write it down. I like that. I'm listening versus something like, tell me what to do. Maybe the message that you would get isn't something to do, but just some words of wisdom. So I think that that keeps it nice and open. Exactly. And for those of us, I'm one of them. I don't necessarily go into the stillness when I meditate. I'm like saying, okay, angels come here and spirit guides do this. And blah, blah, blah. I'm organizing as I'm dropping in, I organize everybody. And then I have to surrender. It takes me a good 10 minutes of organizing. And then I stop. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realize, okay, just listen, Susan, there's nothing else to do. Just listen. That's really funny. I think that that's really great for people to hear too, that meditation doesn't have to look like what everybody makes it sound like it has to, or you just sit in silence. It's okay to have a little bit of a work if that feels good for the person and resonates. Now, speaking of meditation, you are on Insight Timer and you lead guided meditations. What kind of meditations can people find on there with you? There's short five to 10 minute meditations, like how to get grounded before you go to work. One is the golden bowl where you imagine in your mind's eye, a golden chalice and you can take whatever worries you have or resistance. Like, I don't want to go to the gym today. And you put in the golden chalice and all that stuff. And then you just see it in your mind's eye, a flame coming in and burning it, everything that you put in that chalice. And then the end, it's clean, it's clear, and you can go about your day, that kind of stuff. But I also have guided meditations for meeting your spirit guides, connecting with your higher self, being the light in the world, deepening into love. I teach a class called, Are You a Light Leader? And every day as homework, I give the students one of those meditations. And there's a new one I just uploaded, but now I can't remember what it is. But yeah, so you have to scroll through. And then some of my solo shows from my podcast are now on that section of Insight Timer to hopefully inspire people. Perfect. Well, I work real closely with my spirit guide. His name is Jason. I've talked about him many times on the show. And I just heard you mention spirit guides. So I was wondering what your take on spirit guides are. Do you work with them pretty closely? What have they showed you or taught you about themselves? For me, there isn't one spirit guide. There's a plethora when I first started really dedicating myself to daily meditation, I had just come out of hospital having been diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic and I had almost died. So I took about three weeks to go to my parents' house on the ocean in California and I would walk down into the rocks and sit and meditate with the waves and I was guided to go into a higher realm and sit inside a circle of my spirit guides. Some people, when they access their spirit guides, it's somebody that's crossed over, like grandma or auntie, whatever. But that's not true for me. I don't see faces. I can't necessarily name them. But they always, always 
support me. And I get my guidance from my higher self, who is really source energy. I do have recently spirit guides that showed up specific for me as protection. And these were for dear, dear friends, men that have crossed over. And I was going to have to face my ex at my son's wedding. And these four people just showed up. And in life, they were my protectors and supporters. And so they just showed up. They all said, I got your back. And so for like three months, they got my back. And now I asked them to, this sounds so weird. Anyway, I asked them to two in the front and two in the back. So I have space to move because they were almost adhering to my lower chakras and they can't do that. That's not okay. So they've given me more space. And then I've learned that there is this ancient priestess who's been with me many, many, many lifetimes. I don't talk to her. I know she's there. I'm so grateful for that. I always feel her putting her hand on my right shoulder, just standing slightly behind because I got to do this. She can't do it for me. And she can't necessarily interfere how I'm making my choices. If anybody's read The Mists of Avalon, came out years and years ago, talking about divine feminine. It's a novel, (laughs) but there's so much ancient truth in it. Within the first eight pages, I felt a huge healing. And I've read that several times. And this priestess is from Avalon. So I call her the priestess of Avalon. They don't talk to me directly, but I hear what's needed, what they're guiding me to. Because we're humans and we're given free choice, it's very important to become self-responsible. I got tripped up in my life by giving my authority over to a man. And that man then told me what to do, where to go, how to do it, what was good enough, what wasn't good enough, blah, 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 blah. I think there's many of us who give our authority over to someone else, whether it's a man, a mother, a father, a woman, a teacher. In becoming self-responsible, it's good to listen to your spirit guides. It's good to ask for support. We still need to make our own choices. So they really can't necessarily interfere with us. I do ask, because I'm now working with archangels. Oh no, I don't know. I bet all of a sudden, two years ago, I'm like, oh, archangels now, really? Okay. And then all these people started coming to my podcast to talk about angels. They'd written books on angels. I was like, well, look at that. Isn't that good? So I learned to ask for illumination, not to fix this thing I don't like, not to change me, not to change them, blah, blah, but illuminate my soul, illuminate my wisdom, illuminate my heart so I can be a better person, a better mother, a better spouse, a better leader, whatever it is you're asking for. And the illumination, just going back to the phoenix rising, it just fuels that divine spark of light. We need to keep that light within us lit like a pyre, a bonfire, because there's so many souls that are diminishing their light out of fear, out of anger, out of hatred, so that they don't even know that they are light anymore. And so that's part of a light leader is to see the light. Oh my God, it's a hard thing. You guys, it's really hard sometimes. But to see that divine spark, that light that's been covered up for whatever reason until it's like this pinprick within people. It's just a pinprick. 
a couple of years ago, I was definitely talking myself into, oh, that person's really dark. That person's so dark. They're not worth my time. They're never going to change. And this is people on the political scene. So I really, really attempt to find just even if it's a pinprick of light and then just trust that that light is still there. They may not recognize it. They may not grow consciously this lifetime. They may not expand and become a better person. But in order for me to do the work I do, I need to know there's light there anyway, even though I can't access it or see it. There is still light over there. And that's true for everybody on the planet. There is always a particle of light because we came from that divine source, which is light, and we will evolve back to that divine source, which is light and love. I think that's a really important for people to know. And I also think it's important to add on to that, that even if we find or look for the spark in somebody, depending on the relationship that one might have with the person that they're looking for that spark with, it's okay to not feel that responsibility of being the one to help them bring and expand that light. Some people just won't, like you said. Some people won't. Years ago, I had a practitioner I was seeing and I was dealing with stuff about my mom, like stuff that I'd always had to deal with, but I was coming at it from a whole new perspective. And I didn't know why she wasn't changing, why she wasn't growing, what blah, blah. And my practitioner looked at me and said, there are some people that are imprisoned souls. They come in this lifetime. They think they've made the agreement on the unseen side to come in and do the thing they're going to do. But they get here and they sit down and go, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'll do so much, but I'm not doing that. So once I began to see, okay, there's this imprisonment thing that is self-imposed, everybody, still self-imposed, free choice, free will, then I could find more compassion and forgiveness because the truth is not everybody wants to change. The truth is we do have a choice to change, but if it's too daunting or scary, then people react And that's what we're seeing, the reaction, the resistance. I don't want to change and love my neighbor. I don't want to lay down my guns and shake hands and say, wow, I'm so sorry here. Let me help you bury your family or rebuild your house or let's go out foraging for food. It's too scary for people. I guess for some people, it's just better to annihilate, which is sad because that's not why we're here. So my belief as a light leader is we are here to love more than we ever have. We are here to do that in spite of what we think we see, in spite of what our small self wants to do in retaliation. We are here to love anyway. Desmond Tutu, when he was helping the South Africans get rid of apartheid, and it was a bloody murdering mess, there were people of the same color maybe a different tribe, but were brutally harming people. Desmond Tutu, who was the archbishop in South Africa, said, I'm paraphrasing, the only way that person can grow is if you see them as good already. And not necessarily even forgiving, but have the compassion that that soul got so lost that they felt like they had to do what they did. When that happens, and you've heard about this in the justice system, when the victim's family forgives the perpetrator, and what happened in South Africa is a lot of those people, when they weren't punished for having done these heinous things and were forgiven and or accepted, then they changed. Then they went, oh my God, I am okay. And I will be 
a better person. Yeah, Desmond Tutu, what a profound light leader. Yeah, that's pretty profound. I like that because I feel like it's just changing the perspective of how you see somebody in looking at it almost more objectively versus how you may emotionally be reacting right. to them. I agree. So the thing is about objectivity and we react emotionally, it's from our own wounding. So what we're doing is projecting our wounding onto that person. And we think that person's doing that to us. It may be true, but it may not be true. And so learning how not to react so you can listen within your heart wisdom sure. to what is actually the truth and what is actually needed. But we've been taught to react first in order to protect ourselves. But the reaction then causes ripples of more reaction and more anger, hatred, shame, blah, 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 blah. So really to get to a place where you are aligned enough to observe, like you're saying, to just witness there is nothing to be done. It takes a lot of the pressure off too, if you're able to do that. If you're able to do it, let me tell you, yeah. I'm still working on some of it, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you could do it here on earth, you could do it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, supposedly that's why we've come, to come for these contrasts, to come for these challenges and learn how to live from a place of love and light and manifest from love and light in spite of what we think we see. Yeah, 100%. So Susan, if somebody wanted to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do so? Through my website, which is susanburrell.com. And you'll find the links to the guided meditations, my podcasts, blogs, what's up. You can sign up for the newsletter, that kind of stuff. Great. Yep. It's all in the show notes. So that'll be available easily. So to help wrap up this amazing interview, Susan, I was wondering if you had a timeless message for the listener for the time that they hear this episode. Oh my God. What a great phrase. Wow. I got chills. Hold on, Laura. Let's see. What do we need to know today? Oh, the timeless message is to just continue to access the love that you are to strengthen it within yourself and know that you're never alone. We're all in this together. Somebody that you're walking next to down the street is another light leader or a light worker. We're all here to help uplift humanity for whatever the next epoch is going to be like. And supposedly it's going to be great. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for that wonderful advice and for being a guest on my show. I really appreciate you. So thank you so much. Thank you, Laura. Thanks. It's been an honor to speak with you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And that was another episode of a Guided Life podcast. To connect with me via my socials or for links to my book titled Guided or my card deck called From Your Spirit Guides, please visit my Linktree site at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash guided west. Thanks so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.